Father, tonight, Lord, we come before you and we come in Jesus' name. We're so thankful, Father, and we're humbled, God, by your sweet spirit and your presence, God, tonight. I would pray, God, tonight that you would just bless and minister and meet the needs of each one of these precious ones around us. I pray, God, that you would just minister to us through the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit in a way, God, that only you can. I thank you, Father, from the bottom of my heart, God, for each and every one of these precious souls in this place tonight. I thank you for them taking the time, Lord, to be in service tonight and taking the time, Father, to lift up these hands of praise and lift up these hands of understanding, God, just seeking you, Lord, God, to know that you are in control of their life and our lives this day and every day. God, I would just ask you to minister to our nation, minister to our people that are sick and shut in, minister to those in our military, God. I would ask you, Father, to be with those in the hospice care homes in our communities that are nearing the end of life. Uh, be near and dear to them, God, and let them have and receive that peace that surely passes all understanding. Those that have suffered the loss of their loved ones and family members, God, even this very day, God, would you be near them, Father? And, and God, will you just put your arms around them and let them know without any question that, God, you're with them. I do thank you, God, for the mighty privilege and the opportunity you give us tonight to open your precious word and share it with these wonderful people. But, God, it goes beyond that, God. We just give you praise and glory and honor, God, for all things that you bless us with, those things that we see in our life to be manifest every day, as well as those things that, God forbid, that we go and go every day without even thanking you a moment, God, for what you bless us with, including even our breath of life. Thank you again, God, for providing and meeting our needs. And thank you, Lord, tonight for the precious blood shed on the cross on behalf of our sins. Tonight, Father, we come and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your Bibles with you, I'd ask you to turn with me into the book of 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 is where I'm going to be tonight in most of the text. Paul speaks of a wonderful, a wonderful measure in telling the people and giving them understanding that the ones who give and the ones who sow as well are those very ones that will reap a bountiful harvest. I think many times we sow... And many times we reach out trying to do good things for other people. But, you know, we really kind of ruin our blessing right there if we think about what's going to be returned, don't we? We kind of just forfeit the blessing right there. Anyone here, the Word tells us, that receives our praise right here, then we shall not have that praise being received before God. We need to always be sure that what we do, what we say, how we live, how we act, what we do, and our manner of our heart is always one towards God and towards the will of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul's letter to the Corinthian church. I'm going to begin tonight in verse 6. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as his purpose in his heart, so let him give, not begrudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that ye also having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. In verse 9, as it is written, he hath dispersed abroad, he hath given to the poor, his righteousness remaineth forever. Now he that ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food, and multiply your seed which is sown, and increaseth the fruits of your righteousness." 
verse 11, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causes through us thanksgiving to God. In verse 12, for the administration of this service not only supplies the wants of the saints, but is abundant also by many who give thanksgiving upon God. In verse 14, and by their prayer for you, which long after you for the exceeding grace of God in you. In verse 15, thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. May God tonight bless the reading of his word. You know, as Paul was sharing in this letter, he began speaking of how we sow and how we reap. Uh, I've asked this before, and I know that many of you here were raised in a farming community or on a farm, maybe raised crop, may still be planting a garden or raising crops each year. Some of you I know are. Paul uses this example about sowing, and he uses this example as well about reaping. He uses the word sparingly in this King James translation, sparingly. Uh, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also, and he uses the word bountifully. So we have two opposite ends of the spectrum, don't we? We got one that's bountiful, being a large amount, and we got sparingly means a nominal amount or a very small amount. You know, in our life every day, we receive from God what we put out, don't we? What we're willing to do, what we're willing to serve, and what cost it is to us. I know when I was a very young person, I remember my dad telling me so clearly that, Billy, if you don't put your whole heart in what you do, all you're going to get out of it is what your hands can provide. Now, I want you to think about what I just said for just a moment. Billy, if you all you put into it is just what you do with your hands and not your whole heart, all you'll ever recover from it is what your hands have produced. And, you know, that's a lot like what this verse says, isn't it? If we go half-heartedly in whatever we try to accomplish in life, then you know what we're going to reap is just that little bit of sowing that we have done. So many times I think we try to go out and, and ask others, can I help you do something or, or can I be kind to you in a certain way? Can I be one that would allow you to uh, succeed or excel in whatever you're trying to do? You know, if there's one thing I love doing at work, and that's helping somebody or teaching somebody how to do a craft or do a skill in my line of work. You know, when somebody has a need and I see them struggling trying to do something, not because I'm an expert or a master at anything, But if I know how to do that, I want to come alongside of them. Let me show you a way that you can do that and have full accomplishment in what you're trying to go and what your achievement is there. And, you know, it amazes me how they'll many times tell me, oh, no, don't worry about it. I got it. I can take care of this. I'll I'll take care of this. You don't need to worry about it. Now I go back a few hours later and, and bless their heart, they're still struggling on the same task. And I know without any question or doubt that we could have long since accomplished it if we'd have came together as one. Hear me? Come together as one and accomplish that goal together as as brothers in Christ or sisters in Christ. So many times I think Paul wanted the people all to understand that if we go out and we give everything that we have, the first thing we need to stop and think about is not ourselves. So many times I think we think about the one that has need first if we're truly seeking after the will of God from our own heart. Amen? Because if we're seeking after the return of the investment, if you will, then you know what? We've already got our mind and our heart sidetracked, don't we? And we don't really know what the outcome's going to be because our mind has already been bent. And our heart's already been swayed and curved so that we are waiting to find out with our hands almost out. What will I get out of this? 
Have you ever had anybody that you helped do something and when you got do, through doing it, maybe uh, you saw them with their hands outreached? Want to know, well, what do I get out of it? Have you ever heard anyone say that? I, I know you want to help me and I, I know I want to help you, but you know, you're going to have to help me a little bit. You're going to have to pay me a little bit to do something. That's okay if it's for whatever task it may be, but I want you to know there surely is a line of demarcation between what you do for God and what you do for mankind. Amen? The Bible teaches me that we cannot serve God and mammon. We have to serve one or the other. We can also not have two masters, can we? If we seek God and we serve God, then we must get our mind and our focus completely on God. We must not sit there and look at a a split of the fence, if you will, and kind of sit up on the fence and ride the fence as we would as children and wonder if one half is in this field and one half is in this field and which one am I going to totter on first. You see, if we're working and doing the will and the way of God, beloved, we need to have our focus and our whole heart on the will of God in our life. And I think that's what Paul surely wanted all these people to understand because he says plainly in verse 7, every man according as he has purposed in his heart. You hear those words? Every man, every woman, as he or she has purposed in their heart. So let him give, not begrudgingly or not of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful Giver. Amen. Thank you for completing that. We've heard that all of our life in sermons on tithing, haven't we? God loveth a cheerful giver. But you know what? That message in that verse Paul was speaking to them, he's not talking about money. Sometimes we think about that verse as money, don't we? And I know it has a fitting application with money and tithing. But you know what? That applies to all areas of our lives as Christians, not just money. Not just money. Do you know right now, if I were to call on God and say, Lord God, I need your help. Father, I need you to come and I need you to, to Father, uh, just know that I'm going to do all I can to help Mary Lou. I go and I do everything I can for Mary Lou. I walk up to Mary Lou and, and I have $10 in my pocket and I give Mary Lou $5 and, you know, I give her the money and she said, well, well, that's great, but, you know, she said, that's not what I really wanted, Billy. What I really wanted was you just to come by and help me a little bit. But see, Mary Lou, I thought, needed the financial gift. But see, what Mary Lou wanted was so far beyond the financial gift. Mary Lou wanted to know that I had within me and my friendship a willingness deep inside my spirit to help her regardless of what the cost would have been for me. Amen? You see, if I would have given her $5 then my gift would have stopped where at? Five dollars, wouldn't it? But if I go to Mary Lou's house and I help her all day long in her garden or help her around her yard or or cut her grass or mow her lawn or trim her hedges, and when the day's done, uh, she says, oh, you've done such a wonderful job. What can I give you? And I said, just give me a hug and tell me you appreciate the Lord. Many times I've heard people do that. Many times I've asked God, Lord, let me receive that gift at the end of the time. Don't let somebody come up to me and offer me $5 for $50 worth of work. Rather, let them look up and thank God for what's been done because I didn't do it for the money. You understand me? I didn't do it in this example for the money for Mary Lou. I did it because I wanted to bless Mary Lou. And not only did I want to bless Mary Lou, I wanted to make sure that my God in heaven was blessed through it all. 
And I believe that's exactly what Paul wants us to understand and his Corinthian people to, to grab hold of here. He says in verse 8, and God is able to make all grace abound towards what? You. All grace abounding towards you that ye always having all sufficiency in all how you like that word all there? Used a lot, isn't it? In all things, having all sufficiency that may abound to every good work. I love that word all. And you know what? That word all has a great price. Because today as a Christian, as a believer, if you love the Lord Jesus Christ and if you love your God with all your heart, all your mind and all your soul and all your spirit, you know what you're going to be focused on? God's will. You're not going to have your mind on the money. You're not going to have your mind on what the payback would be. You're not going to have your mind on what somebody may do in return. What you're going to have your mind on is just squarely on knowing that what I have done, I have done it from a giving and a sacrificial heart. You know, God loves a cheerful giver, right? We just said that. So how can we be a cheerful giver if we're sitting there waiting and wondering, when's this payback going to come? I hear people at work quite often, especially some of the younger boys, some of the younger guys that work there will come back and, and tell me, said, would you help me do something? I promise you I'll pay you back later. You know, and I always ask them, well, well I don't need your money, and, and uh, I'm not going to give you money because I don't have none, Billy. I, I just promise I'll help you do something one day. And I said, well, you know, I didn't do it because I directly wanted to make sure that you did something in return for me. I did it because I wanted you to see that I wanted to bless my God. And, you know, sometimes when I say that, they just kind of scratch their head and say, do what? But you know what I mean is what I say tonight, beloved. And I believe what Paul wrote to the Corinthian people is what truly Paul meant out of his heart. That we need to give sacrificially where what we give, we know it costs us something. And I'm not talking about the $5 example that if I had for Mary Lou. I'm not talking about whether or not you gave somebody a sandwich when they were hungry. I'm talking about what did it cost you to give that? What did it cost you to give that? You know, the Bible tells us that if I were to give you or you were to give me even a cup of cold water in the name of Jesus, the Bible says you will not lose your what? Reward. So you see how important giving is? You see, if you give me a cup of water, here's you a good plain example. If you give me a cup of cold water, it's unlikely you're going to get anything back but the empty cup. And if we stop and think about that simple example, that simple parable in life, that everything that we do for everyone we see and meet, then you know what? We'll have an understanding of what Paul's meaning. Amen? Because that means what we give, we don't expect anything back in return but the vessel, do we? We don't want the contents. We don't want the gift. We don't want the blessing of the $5. We don't want the, the all day in the yard, the sweating and the toil that we've done to try to help a good neighbor or try to help a friend or help someone change a tire on the side of a highway on a lonely day. You see, we don't want that time back. What we want to know is, as a Christian, as a believer, we want to be sure that God knows that He was done and He was blessed. You see, God received the glory for all of it. Amen? You see, if God receives the glory, beloved, we all know tonight as a believer that God is going to bless us. Now, God doesn't always bless us financially. I praise God He don't. 
Because you know, the needs I have in my life tonight, uh, I have needs greater than any finances. I heard a guy talking not too many weeks ago of that, that he had wrote an article where he had won uh, one of the Powerball lotteries. and I mean, a bunch of money. Millions and millions of dollars. And they asked him what's the first thing he's going to do. And he said he was going to ask them for the money right away. He was not going to do it as an annuity. He was going to take it all straight up as quick as he could get his hands on it. And I'll assure you, I'll assure you, with that kind of an attitude going into that kind of wealth, that it won't be long before he'll be in dire strait again. Because, you see, he's done planning maybe from his greed, but he hasn't done any planning from his heart. Do you all hear me? He's planned from his greed, for his greed, for his wants, if you will, but he hasn't done anything out of his heart. Hasn't done anything out of his heart. You know, I believe in our lives every day, what God's always looking at, because He tells us in His Word He is. He's not looking on the outside of a man, is He? He's looking down inside of our spirit and inside of our hearts. And what God's looking for, to look and see if our heart resembles His Son. You hear me? He's looking to see if our heart is a reflection of His Son. The love of Jesus Christ, our Lord. You know, I know people right now, and I'm not sure each of us do, that if I was to walk up to them and tell them I need something, the first thing they would say is how much. But you know, if I was to turn around with that same question and that same comment before that individual and say, I want everything you have. I want everything you have. Then you know they'll look at that as armed robbery, wouldn't they? But you see, what I'd really be asking them for is I don't want your money. I don't want your material possessions. I want your friendship. I want your love. And I want to know that if I need your help or you need my help, we can come together in one accord and we can bless one another in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I think so many times... We get our eyes so much horizontally on all the shiny tinsel around us, don't we? And all the things that we can purchase with our monies that we lose sight about the heavenly treasures. I've heard said many times from many different pastors that we can be so earthly good that we'll never see any heavenly glory. We can be so heavenly good that we'll never witness or see heavenly glory. In other words, everything we're doing, it seems like we're doing on a horizontal plane. I know my precious wife's daddy. Many times I'd hear him speak in Sunday school classes, and he taught Sunday school for many, many years. And many times in one of his lessons, he would say this, If you ever look out over a pasture or a farm, and you've got a bunch of hogs out there rooting under an acorn tree, they'll sit right there and they'll root all day long and eat those acorns up. And never once look up to see where they fall. There's a powerful truth in that, isn't it? You know, you and I, we go through life every day, every hour. Many times we do not take the time to ever look up and praise and thank God for what He's dropped down and provided us. And no, I'm not talking about treasures. I'm not talking about money. I'm not talking about wealth. I'm talking about blessings. You know, so many times the blessings God gives us don't always come in a way where we have a smile because of it, is it? You know, as a chaplain at the hospital, many times I walk out of critical care or a patient's room in the ER or somewhere, 
And I walk out of there praising God just to know that patient's alive. You hear me? Just to know that woman or that man is alive and that God has spared them and they're going to be okay. They've got a long recovery, but they're alive. And you know, it may not be easy for them to see lying there in a sick bed after a serious surgery or whatever's going on in their life medically. But you know what I thank God for? It. As soon as I walk out of their presence and while I stand in their presence, I give God praise and say, God, I thank you for answering prayer. Just having the very breath of life in us tonight, beloved, shows God great love to us. Just the very breath that you breathe this moment is a gift from heaven above. The very breath. Been a long time since I heard anybody preacher to say it, but I'll say it tonight because I think it's warranted. There is only one breath between you and I in eternity. Amen? Amen. Just one. Just one breath or one beat of the heart is all that separates you and I from eternity tonight. So it brings me to a point in the service where I feel like it's appropriate to ask this question. What are you giving? How are you giving? To whom you're giving? How do you bless God? How do you bless your friends? How do you help others? Those are just a few questions that God put in my heart this morning as I prayed about this message. And I'll go a step further and ask you this question. Your answer is found right now in your thoughts. What are you thinking about right now? This very moment. For you see, if you're not thinking about the great gifts that God has provided to you and me right now in your heart and your mind, then you're already distracted by the world, aren't you? And I think that shows us how much we have to work on our lives, don't we? And that shows us how much and how great the need is we need so that we can be used by God to help others that have great needs. You know, I know in my life, and I can only speak for me, if I could get my mind off the mirror in the bathroom of a morning as I shave and comb my hair and brush my teeth and quit looking at what looks back and somehow walk in that bathroom of a morning and as I approach that mirror in that laboratory to brush my teeth or shave or whatever I need to do, and what I really saw there was what kind of heart God saw in me. I wonder how pleased God would be. Seems elementary, but it's true. What kind of heart does God see tonight in you? You see, I look around this room tonight and I see all these beautiful faces and I see all this, these nice clothes and I see all these wonderful people that I've grown to love over many years. And I mean that with all my heart. But you see, all I can do is look on the outside of each of you you see, what I'm wanting you to understand tonight, and what God has spoken to me in this message is meant to be, is that we need to understand that God is not looking in any of the exterior. God's looking every moment at your heart and mind. And what is God seeing? What is God seeing right now in your heart and life? Is He seeing kindness and seeing love? Is He, is he seeing somebody willing to give and somebody, just as Paul here says, is it somebody that's willing to, 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 to sow sparingly or, or is it somebody that's going to go out here and, and sow bountifully? What are we doing in our lives this day for God? 
I'm not telling anybody to go out here and evangelize on the street corner. That's not your calling. Don't be there. But I do know this. There's a lot of love in this place tonight. And I know that that love had an author, and that author was the Christ. See, God placed that reason within you through the power of the Holy Ghost so that you would have a willingness inside of your heart to help someone else. Amen? Have you ever noticed how when we give, and we give it from a sacrificial heart, how it seems like it takes us four or five days to ever get our feet back on the ground again? We never received any money, did we? Many times we don't even get a thanks, do we? But you know what? What you feel there and that likeness you feel and that, and that joy and that, uh, that understanding that you feel and that, and that glory that you feel from your head to your feet, you see, that's God blessing you. And I'll promise you there's no bank in this world can contain one day of that. Amen? Because that's from God. That's an eternal treasure. That's an eternal treasure. That's a gift and a blessing from our Heavenly Father because you were faithful and you were obedient to do what God had asked you to do. I think that's all Paul was telling the Corinthian people they needed to be, was to be faithful to God. If we sow a little, Paul was letting them know, don't go and expect a wealth in return. But if we sow bountifully, and we sow bountifully in the name of the Lord God, there will be a harvest. And it will be given to you by God. It will be given to you by God. Would you bow your heads tonight for a closing prayer? Father, we're both humbled and so thankful for your sweet spirit tonight in this place. Lord, I would ask you tonight to just allow this truth to just penetrate every one of our hearts. Lord, just as I declared to the people, Lord, just as your word teaches us, Lord, let us not just stop looking on the outside of a friend or a loved one or a family. Lord, let us look at their hearts. Let us see the love of Christ in them. Lord, let us know that every smile we see as we walk by in our workplaces or even in the hallways, Father, of any facility we may be in or, or any grocery store or department store, wherever we may be, God. God, may we look deeper than the external. God, may we seek and we reach out to find Christ in everyone we meet. Lord, tonight I know we live in a lost and a dying world. Lord, there's never been a time when this world has been any more filled with sin and darkness than it is this very day. But God, I know one thing. Father, you are able to overcome this world. Your word testifies to that truth. And Father, I know with all my heart tonight, Father, that every one of us tonight in this place need that great gift and that great bountiful harvest, God, that you have for us. But God, I also know that many times we fall short, just as Romans 3 and 23 says, of the glory of God. Oh, God, help us tonight to be revitalized. Father, help us tonight to overcome the grips and the bounds and the shackles of this world. God, fill us tonight with your truth and your love.
and your power and your grace, God. God, tonight, I pray that if anyone has heard this message and you've spoken to their heart, God, which I declare and trust that you have through the power of the Holy Ghost, I would just pray, God, that you would just save them. I pray, God, that you would redeem their souls. I pray, God, that you would encourage those that are backslid and those that have walked away from the will and the truth of God. I pray, God, for those that are sick, that are shut in, those that are kind of wandering in the streets and uh, in the back alleyways of life, just wandering around, wondering what I can do and what I can do next and how I can get by with this one day and how I can continue to just exist. Beloved, I want you to know tonight that God doesn't want you to exist. God wants you to be blessed because God wants to be glorified through it. You see, God don't want to be blessed by your financial gains, and God doesn't want to be blessed by your external appearance. You see, God wants to be blessed because God wants to know that the heart that you have within you and I tonight is that of Him, that of His Son, Jesus Christ. Father, I truly thank You. I thank You, God, tonight for working in my own heart in the hearts of those around me, Father. I thank you for answering prayer tonight, God, in this room. I would ask you, God, that we receive down deep inside our spirit tonight, just as it was penned from the Apostle Paul to the Corinthian people. God, teach us to sow bountifully. Teach us, Father, to look forward to the harvest, God, of your glory, of your grace, of your truth and your peace. And Father, until the day that you call us home, may you find each of us, Father, in the fields and the ways of life, sowing for a bountiful harvest in the life of someone else that we know and love. For tonight, Father, we come and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This concludes tonight's live worship service. We pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit, each one listening has been blessed through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. We invite you to join us back again next week for another live outreach worship service as we together continue praising Jesus Christ. Those tonight who have made decisions to follow Christ, desiring additional biblical resources, or anyone with special prayer concerns are personally invited to visit the Praising Jesus ministry website. The web address is www.praisingjesus.org. That address again is www.praisingjesus.org. We want to thank each of you tonight for listening. We invite you back again next week as together we seek God to guide, mold, and speak to our hearts and lives through the power of the Holy Spirit. Good night and may God bless each of you is my prayer.